You have Hamas coming across the border, murdering in horrific ways uh, Israeli families. It's much easier to move into anger and immediate retaliation than it is to sit with the true grief and devastation of what occurred. And so there's a natural human tendency to want to respond. Again, look at our own individual lives. Someone says something to you you don't like, much easier to respond than to sit with what they said and how horrible it feels before you respond. I'm just saying, one idea is we sit down and say, we're going to support you in making sure that this is addressed properly. And that may be the eradication of Hamas. But we're going to need time to work within a global coalition in order to make sure the Palestinian people don't suffer. Because if you go in and act incredible civilian casualties, this problem is going to go on longer and bigger than we could have ever imagined. You cannot react from a place of anger and expect to do anything other than perpetuate a cycle of anger. Welcome to A Changed Mind, a journey into the topics that matter to you most. From the neuroscience and spirituality of mindset and personal growth, to groundbreaking strategies for health, wealth, and relationships, to open and honest conversations about pressing global issues such as the environment, censorship, corporate capture, and democracy. Each and every episode reminds us of the certainty of the goodness of the future and provides the teachings, tools, and timeless wisdom inspiring you to create real lasting change in your life and in the world. If you've been desiring a sanctuary for your spirit, a place to go to tune out the distraction, negativity, and doom and gloom so that you can tap into the deep power, the vibrancy, and the potential you have inside, you're in the right place. Welcome to A Changed Mind. Hey, it's David. Just a quick interruption to your normally scheduled podcast. I've got an incredible opportunity for you. Big announcement that my book is now live on Amazon, A Changed Mind, Go Beyond Self-Awareness, Rewire Your Brain, and Re-Engineer Your Reality. If you've been wanting to take your personal growth to the next level, maybe you've done the self-help thing, but you're still feeling more stress or overwhelm or anxiety in your life, Maybe you've gotten to the next level of financial security or growth in your relationships or health or your business, but you've hit a new ceiling and you're really wanting to understand how to identify the resistance that is still inside of you that's shaping your experience of life and to let it all go and transform it so that you can truly feel free emotionally, spiritually, financially, and achieve your full potential. You've got to check out this book. I spent the last 18 months pouring all of the teachings, philosophies, tools, even processes that I've never taught before that have helped me go from a life where I was literally struggling to survive to a life now that I love in a system that lets me materialize the vision I have for my business, my family, my world without the hustle and grind and putting my spiritual growth and well-being first. So if you've been wanting a treasure map to the emotional and material promised land that life has waiting for you, Take a minute to jump on over to Amazon, grab yourself a copy of A Changed Mind, or better yet, grab a couple of copies and give them as gifts to your loved ones. The feedback is already coming in. People are saying this is one of the most practical and powerful personal development books they've ever read, and I get it because everything that's in this book is exactly what I went through, what I learned, and what I used to change my mind. Check it, grab yourself a copy, and now... On to your regularly scheduled podcast episode. Hey, it's David. Welcome back to A Changed Mind, a place where I will remind you each and every day of the certainty of the goodness of the future, a sanctuary for your human spirit. I'm your friend, your host, your guide. Uh, I don't know, just a dude trying to make the world a better place. David Bayer, I'm so grateful that you're here today. I'm going to be talking about a difficult 
topic to discuss, which is what we're seeing right now in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I'll admit I have my own anxieties about talking about this because it's such a sensitive issue and it's so complex. But I have been asked by a number of people in our community, maybe you, to give my thoughts on what we can do as individuals to support the resolution of this conflict and how to be thinking about this conflict that's taking place in the Holy Land and a part of the world where the new consciousness was born through great teachers and a multi-generational thousands of years really conflict between peoples where it just seems like nobody's right and everybody's wrong or everybody's right and nobody's wrong. And so I'm going to be breaking that down for you today. And I'm going to be approaching this conversation just like I did on the last episode through a metaphysical lens. And if you haven't listened to the last episode where I talked about the metaphysical approach to observing totalitarian control in the world, where I talked about what we can actually do to change the world, where I talked about how really the only solution is to purge ourselves of fear and then we will become the instrument of spirit in the world doing what we're meant to do, which will create a changed world. I highly recommend you listen to that episode. In my opinion, it's the most powerful episode I've recorded. This episode is going to be had through that conversation as well. So it's not making a judgment around who's right or who's wrong. I am not a historical expert on Palestinian-Israeli relationships, to be clear. Uh, I know that this goes back to uh, the 40s after World War II, where there were portions of that region that I believe under British uh, dictate were given to the Jews as a new homeland. It became the modern state of Israel. And then there were a variety of changes over the last uh, 60, 70 years that took place in terms of land redistribution. What I want to speak to is how we create change in the world. And frankly, this may not be a very long conversation because the solution is so obvious and so simple, but oftentimes so difficult. Einstein said that you cannot create a solution from the same consciousness that created it. And I think that the conflicts that we've been seeing between the Palestinians and the Israelis are an example of that. You cannot react from a place of anger and expect to do anything other than perpetuate a cycle of anger. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. We talk about this as a psycho-cybernetic loop, that we have belief systems. We all believe certain things. Uh, the people of Israel, although they may vary in their beliefs, right? Certainly the government has a particular belief system right now that they are acting upon. Uh, the Palestinians or Hamas have a particular, and I'm not associating the two, by the way, I'm just saying the Palestinian, different groups of people have different belief systems. And the way that the human being operating system works is that Whatever it is that we believe, we have thoughts only in alignment with those beliefs. I taught this back in uh, episode number two, uh, where I provided the fundamentals of understanding human evolution and, and personal growth 2.0. And I taught something called the five primary drivers. It says that whatever it is you believe, you're going to think thoughts in alignment with that belief on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And so, for example, if you look at our own individual lives, Many people have a, a financial insecurity. They have limited beliefs about money because they observed money struggles with their parents. Some people call it money trauma. But you may have a belief, for example, that money is hard to make. And so if you have a belief that money is hard to make, you're, you're only going to have thoughts on a moment-by-moment -moment basis that are in alignment with money being hard to make. And you're not going to have thoughts that are in alignment with money being easy to make. Your thoughts, when you have them, 
they're, they're actually an electrical activation within the neural networks of your brain. They send signals to the rest of your body and your nervous system. And so what you experience as a thought in your head, you experience as an emotion in your body. And so, for example, if you're having thoughts of financial insecurity that you're not going to be able to pay your rent by the end of the month, then you're going to experience some sort of stress or anxiety or overwhelm or fear. Thoughts produce emotions. Emotions inform action. So the action that you do or do not take is going to be based on the emotion that you're experiencing. You can kind of think about emotion as a quality of fuel in the engine of your car, right, which is you, and then boom, you take action based on what you're putting into the tank. And so if you're putting things in like anxiety and overwhelm and stress and fear, you're certainly not going to be taking creative, inspired, abundant, producing, or or oriented action. And then your actions produce your results. And so the result is that you get to the end of the month, maybe you just scrape by, you're experiencing financial insecurity, maybe you can't pay your rent, now you're delinquent on your rent. And then what's interesting is that experience or the result reinforces the original belief. Oh, see, I know money's hard to make and, uh, and I'm financially insecure. But the mistake that we make is thinking that the experience is what's creating these thoughts or emotions in us when in fact the belief is the cause. The experience is the effect through this chain of thoughts, emotions, actions, and results. And so metaphysical principles understand that thoughts are things and create our reality. I'm just explaining to you one mechanism by which that happens, which is really an articulation of behavioral psychology. There's another mechanism, which is this vibration in your nervous system as you're experiencing these emotions begins to activate vibration and energy and intelligence everywhere. That's how we create synchronicities and coincidences in our life. And that your unconscious mind is also operating according to these uh, these belief systems. And so you're making these micro decisions throughout your day and throughout your life that create the fulfillment of your belief system. If it's a limiting belief, it creates what you don't want. If it's an empowered belief, it creates what you do want. That's the external mechanism. But these are, these are metaphysical principles. Napoleon Hill in the best-selling book, business book of all time called Think and Grow Rich studied the 300 most successful people in the world and came to one conclusion, which was that thoughts are things and they create our reality. And so if we want to change our reality, the key to it, the opportunity for transformation is when we actually experience something that we don't want, that remember has been created out of our own consciousness. It's been created from our own belief systems. We have to find a way to react differently to that experience than the, than the reaction that created it. Otherwise, we get caught in what's called a psycho-cybernetic loop and we just keep creating the same experiences over and over and over again, right? So you have to be able to, for example, get to the end of the month, pay your rent check and rather than say, my God, I barely made it and you know, when am I ever going to have money and how come other people have money and I don't? You get to the end of the month, you pay your paycheck and you go, wow, abundance flows to me. I experience prosperity. More is on the way. You have to find a way in the midst of the conflict of your own life to think differently about it. Otherwise, you will continue to create the same conflicts over and over and over again. And so this is true for our individual lives, but it's also true for the collective experience, for the experience of nations, for the experience of different tribal groups, right? for the experiences of humanity as a whole. What we're experiencing right now in the world is a materialization of what we've been holding in our own consciousness. And so what we're experiencing now in the Palestinian and Israeli conflict is a materialization of consciousness, right? It is, it is the making matter, the matterfying, the making physical of that which has been held 
in, in thought and emotion form for a long, long time. And in this case, for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so it's built up a significant amount of momentum. And that's what can become challenging right now is the momentum that's being built up. Because if we were looking at our individual lives, just as we did with the situation with money, or for example, you could take chronic pain, the way that you transform a cycle or a chronic pain loop or an autoimmune condition is to actually experience the chronic pain differently rather than experiencing the chronic pain, which you've created out of your own consciousness and reacting to it in a way that sounds something like this is never going to go away. What if this impacts the rest of my life? How come nobody can find a solution? And instead you say, I'm going to allow this discomfort. I know it's uncomfortable, but I know my body is healing. And as I release this dissonant energy from my body, I know that health is on the way. I know that my body can restore itself to health. If you react differently to the experience of that which you have created that you do not like, you can create a different experience in the next go around. So we know this to be true in our own lives. It's very easy. It's the fundamentals of personal growth and human evolution. The idea of a law of attraction as well, right? And metaphysical principles. So how would we apply it to what's happening now in Israel? Well, this is where it gets complex. And I think it's important to articulate, number one, that this is the way we one would respond or we would want to respond if we want to change our circumstances while also acknowledging, I don't know that I could do it. And so I think in that acknowledgement of how we would be in order for this to change and the difficulty in us being this way, we can actually start to move towards being differently with the solution. But it's not going to be a full spectrum adjustment because it's so challenging. You know, you have Hamas coming across the border and you know murdering in horrific ways uh, Israeli families. And so there needs to be an acknowledgement for a moment of what, what that must be like for the Israelis. And simultaneously, as Einstein said, we cannot create a solution from the same consciousness that we started with or something like that, right? You got to think differently. If the Israelis respond from a place of anger, whatever they do in response is going to simply set out another set of chickens that are going to come home to roost at some point in time. It's the fundamental nature of how reality works. These are first principled metaphysical properties. They are the physics of physics. They are the spiritual teachings that, by the way, you can find in the Torah, the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita. They all said basically the same thing, right? And so Christ, for example, articulated it as, you know, when someone strikes you, you have to turn the other cheek. If they take your tunic, also give them your cloak. Because the greatest metaphysician of all time understood that you cannot create something different from a primal reaction, from the same emotional state of being that actually created the circumstance in the first place. So you say, Dave, like, what, what do we do? Well, there are solutions, right? You can act with full anger immediately without taking time. And you can do that in your own life too. How well does that work out, right? You take no time to distance yourself from an experience that has triggered you and you react. Well, th- that is a perfect recipe for just creating more of the identical. Does it require restraint? Of course. Again, that's why we have to acknowledge like, you know, w- what happened And Israel was horrific, and it requires an incredible amount of restraint in order to respond in the most conscious way possible. Now, the question is whether or not the Israeli people or whether or not the government is willing to express that restraint. 
Right? I mean, that's what leadership comes down to. How do you communicate with your people? The one way to communicate is, this is a horrific experience and we're going to make sure that everybody else suffers from this and do everything we can to squash what happened. Another way is to say, this is absolutely horrific and we need to think about the right type of response here. You know, again, you think about the challenge. It's probably not politically convenient to say something like that. You look at what happened with 9-11. You know, it's, it's part of what drove us into not, not taking the time and being rational. It drove us into a war that we need, need to be in, which was Iraq, right? It allows, by the way, other interests that are not noble interests to insert themselves into the equation as well and make things even more complex. So what do we do? Well, we have to pause. Something happens and we don't respond immediately and we allow ourselves to feel everything that we're feeling from what happened. We allow that emotion to process and to metabolize through our nervous system. That's what we do in our own individual lives, right? We are here to actually be metabolizers or digesters of the trauma of the past and to transform that bound primal energy into unbound loving energy. That's our role as spiritual warriors or teachers. And the reward for that is you get to have an extraordinary life because you're doing the work. So you have to pause. That's the first thing. And it's very uncomfortable. It's much easier to move into anger and immediate retaliation than it is to sit with the true grief and devastation of what occurred. And so there's a natural human tendency to want to respond. Again, look at our own individual lives. Someone says something to you you don't like, much easier to respond than to sit with what they said and how horrible it feels before you respond, right? Step two is, well, can we elevate the energy? Is there, is there a way that we can respond that is more loving and compassionate than the way that we would have responded if we took no time and no space to feel the discomfort? Look, I'm not saying I have the solution, but uh, there are ideas ideas are free. All ideas are worth listening to, especially in a situation like this. But I I could certainly imagine a scenario where just as I would do with a friend, leadership in the United States sits down with leadership in Israel and says, hey, we are so sorry this happened. This is horrific. This is devastating. We know what this is like. We went through something similar. Now, a lot of people are drawing you know, conclusions to the Holocaust and people can get into comparing their traumas just like we do in our own lives. Well, my trauma is bigger than your trauma. I'm just saying one idea is we sit down and say, we're going to support you in making sure that this is addressed properly. And that may be the eradication of Hamas, but we're going to need time to work within a global coalition in order to make sure that the Palestinian people don't suffer. Because if you go in and just enact incredible civilian casualties, this problem is gonna go on longer and bigger than we could have ever imagined, right? Someone needs to come in and be a spokesperson for intelligence, emotional intelligence, metaphysical principles. Hey, if we wanna create something different, we can't just react out of the immediate emotion that invokes in us because that emotion that it's invoking in us immediately is actually what created this circumstance or situation in the first place. The accumulation of thousands of years of anger and resentment and separation and trauma has now culminated as a massive boil on the Israeli-Gaza border. 
And we've got to take a second before we react to it and process some of this emotion. Otherwise, we're just going to continue to perpetuate. And so sometimes you need a friend to come in and say that to you because you're in the midst of your own crisis. Do we have that type of leadership? I don't know. I don't know what happens you know, in back channel conversations, but it certainly seems to be reactive as well. You know, sending over two aircraft carriers and beginning to weaponize the ocean around Iran and Gaza and Lebanon and Syria. I don't know. I don't know that that's the best option for the emotions that are taking place right now. And so what we're looking to do and what we're wanting is to simply elevate our response above and beyond the core emotion that we experience immediately. Because if we're just reactive in the same way, as again, as I said before, it becomes a psycho-cybernetic loop. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so, you know, you can imagine taking a little bit more time, not backing off of the need to eradicate a terrorist element that has proved to be an extraordinary threat to the Israeli people. But, you know, doing it in a way that honors the Palestinian people and having a global conversation where we're able to say yes and, you know, yes to Israel wanting to retaliate and yes to the Palestinian people needing to be supported and taken care of. Like, no, we can't cut off electrical and water to the entire region uh, of, you know, over a million people in, in the area, you know, twice the size of Washington, D.C. No, you can't from this place of anger go in on a ground attack before we're able to uh, find a way to take care of these refugees. If you displace a people, you will continue to be displaced. If you harm your neighbor, you will continue to be harmed by your neighbors. Whether someone likes it or not, those, those are fundamental laws of how the universe works, taught to us by the great teachers. There is some irony here as well, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about groups that have devout religious beliefs that are in many ways willing to set those beliefs aside, it seems, and to be overcome by anger which again is understandable, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's realistic to encourage a turn the other cheek type of response based on what happened in Israel. But I do think that there's an opportunity for elevating the emotional uh, base of the response through some of the ways that I've talked about it. You know, you can go in 30 days later and take care of Hamas. You can go in 90 days later and take care of Hamas. I'm not a political expert, but that area seems pretty locked down, and I don't think the perpetrators are going anywhere. And you could put it together a really effective solution, and you could win over the hearts and minds of many Palestinian people who say, oh my God, this horrific thing happened. Israel could have easily come in and just destroyed uh, this entire region, but they operated with love and care, and you would activate the love and care within your neighbors. And it would probably spill over into Lebanon, the Syrians, it would affect the hearts and soften the hearts of some of the Hezbollah. This is, this is the spiritual approach. This is using a spiritual technology versus a military technology, or at least a yes and to, to, to address the situation. What can we do? Well, as individuals who are awakening up to spiritual technology and understanding first principles and metaphysical principles and aligning our thoughts and actions and reactions and who we're becoming to them, 
the teachings tell us that we can hold a vision for this conflict being resolved already. Uh, last night when I went to bed, I imagined street corners uh, with cafes in the Gaza region, in Israel, in Lebanon, in Syria, and people enjoying themselves, having a cup of coffee, talking about uh, anything other than the conflict that's going on right now. Uh, I hold a vision of uh, that entire region being open and integrated and beautiful where Jews and Lebanese and Palestinians and Syrians and are all collaborating and working together and sharing their ideas and that area of the world can become rich in prosperity and innovation and ideation where there's an integration of spiritual teachings and people are open-minded and willing to learn from each other because the different prophets shared the wisdom in different ways, intermarriages between groups of individuals where they never thought that would be possible. That feels good, doesn't it? And so that's the vision that we need to hold. You know, we're aware of the problem, but we don't want to entangle or contribute our energy to it. We want to use the problem as a reflection to springboard into the vision we have for a desired solution. That's what the challenges in our life are meant to be. It's not meant for us to sit there and stare at the TV watching the video footage of horrific events taking place in that region. This is one of those things where the information will get to you. <laughs> you don't have to seek it out, right? It's a big enough situation in the world. There's a, a, a massive trauma that is wanting to be worked out. And so you'll know about it. And now your job is to hold your attention towards a reality that exists right here, right now of a full resolution and an even more beautiful uh, integration of these cultures and religions and these peoples living in peace and harmony. And hold that in your mind. Because anything that you hold in your mind without resistance must find its way into material form. It must become a reality. And oftentimes there is a transition from the current state to the desired state that has a lot of bumps and twists and turns and challenges. But the important thing is to hold the vision for what you'd like to see in that area of the world. Do it before you go to bed where you're programming your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is connected to the, to the collective mind. Uh, maybe that'll soften some of the hearts in Israel. Maybe that'll soften some of the hearts in Hamas. Maybe that'll soften some of the hearts in the United States government. Maybe that'll soften some of the hearts of Hezbollah. Maybe that'll soften some of the hearts in Iran, right? You really can create a change in the world if you soften your own heart and you put love and attention and completion towards uh, a situation that is in the process of unfolding. So I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, I hope it gives you another way of looking at life through this lens of a changed mind. And I hope that we see peace and prosperity in that region of the world as soon as possible. So if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, click on that little subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, get subscribed to the channel, leave me a comment or a question. I try to read and respond to all of them. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or your podcast platform, do me a favor, leave me a review. Uh, and like I said, if you had not yet checked out the episode uh, from last week, where I really break down these metaphysical principles and how we can live powerfully amidst a world that feels like it's in chaos, definitely check that episode out. And also, if you're new to the show, check out episode two and episode three. They're really foundational uh, and I think you're really gonna enjoy them. So till the next episode, I love you, live powerfully, and be certain of the goodness of the future. Hey, it's David. One more thing. If you want to go even deeper on everything we've talked about on today's episode, don't forget to jump over to www.davidbaird.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter. 
couple of times a week, I'm going to be sending you the latest episodes that we've released along with additional free trainings. You'll get immediate access to my free MindHack ebook and go even deeper into all the tools, the technologies, the frameworks that have helped tens of thousands of people establish a changed mind. Don't forget to jump on over to the site and I will see you in the next episode. Oh,